Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 428. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Oops, wrong way. I'm Pamela. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) fine. And joining us this week, as teased over the last couple of weeks on the show, is Parker. Hey guys, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here with us today. No problem. I'm pumped. It's going to be lit, like the kids say. As as the kids say. (laughs) As Donald Trump Jr. says as well now. Did we all see that on Twitter last week? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god who didn't see it on twitter oh i didn't see it i don't want i didn't see it. see it either and then john oliver was like all right it's time to put lit to bed <laughs> that's why i saw it damn it john <laughs> anyway so um parker we're gonna we we wanted to have you on because you are a republican you are going to yep. offer us some alternate perspectives today we're gonna fight it out no <laughs> i'm ready no I'm we're ready. not well, but Parker okay, said before not. recording that um, he is up for a good debate. So, sure. Yeah. So, don't be know. nice is what I'm saying. Yeah, we can we can yeah. go rough on him. Unlike <laughs> unlike other Republicans, he's not a snowflake. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess that is important to say up front here, right? You're not a Trump apologist. No, I'm a trump opposite apol whatever the opposite of apologist is i am that i'm a never trumper i guess that's never what trumper. i am yeah okay yeah so i may not disagree with you as much as you want <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> good because we're snowflakes and we couldn't bear that trump supporter on here <laughs> anyway so we'll talk about um being a republican millennial in a little bit but some other things to talk about first I got lucky last week. Well, I should say my boyfriend, Pat, got lucky. So he was on the show uh, last week, and I was glad to see that people uh, liked him being on and learned about milk from him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then the next day, around 10, 30, 11 a.m., maybe it was two days later, he texts me, clear your schedule for Thursday. And I knew instantly what had happened because he enters every day. And I myself had just gotten a notification saying, you did not enter the Hamilton lot or you did not win the Hamilton lottery. He won the Hamilton lottery. So we went the next day. And yeah, it was it was it was um, it was really cool to go. It's just shocking that he won the Hamilton lottery. It just seems impossible. Um, This is actually not his first time winning, but he's also one of these people who enters every day of his life. So Mm. (laughs) Mm, I'm so envious. Laura, retweet. Laura, you weren't you planning on coming to Chicago to see it? Whatever happened to that? Uh, We are going in October. Oh, thanks for telling me. Yeah, I figured (laughs) I figured what I do 
is I would wait till like 24 hours before I was going to go and then be like, hey, Andrew, I'm going to be in Chicago, but I'm really busy. (laughs) (laughs) Someone salty from when I came to Atlanta and forgot to tell her. I understand. But no, that's exciting. That's exciting. You'll you'll have a great time and actually won't be here for all of October. So I'll see you another time. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, damn, Andrew, geez. <laughs> Wait, so Andrew, was it better than The Cursed Child? That is my question. Oh, my God. You. Well, that's a hard question because I what? I like Harry Potter and I like The Cursed Child yeah. on stage. Reading it, no, it's not good. I, I <laughs> mm-hmm. If you were to read Hamilton versus read Cursed Child, I'm sure you would like Hamilton a lot more. Um, but Hamilton is also a musical. It's um, Sure. Yeah. I guess the thing is for me, and this shocked a lot of people... I'm one of these people who don't like listening to a musical soundtrack before going to the show. So for the past few years, despite everybody raving about it, I haven't listened to Hamilton. I've heard bits and pieces from when people play it when they're near me or something like that. But that's it. (laughs) So I went in pretty blind. And um, I did enjoy it a lot. The music was catchy as fuck. It was funny. It was smart. It was cool. I didn't realize the whole plot would revolve around infidelity. I wasn't expecting that at all. (laughs) Yeah, Hamilton was... Uh, not exactly the most faithful husband figure, and the first reported sex scandal in American history. Oh, wow. Fun fact. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I take that back. (laughs) So it was very cool. And, uh, you know, I I, I think it's a good show. I think uh, they're on to something there. So if you're thinking Mm -hmm. about seeing it, you should definitely do that. Uh, yeah, they're coming to Atlanta, and I don't know, Laura, if, if you know when they're coming to Atlanta, but the pr- tickets were like $300, and it's like, oh, I can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. Yeah, so actually, that's why we're going to Chicago, because it's only in Atlanta for two weeks, mm. and it was only like season pass holders to the Fox who got like priority access to the tickets, so most of them were gone by the time it opened up to the general public. But whatever was left Mm -hmm. over was hundreds of dollars per ticket. And it's actually cheaper for us to fly to Chicago for the weekend and see the show. (laughs) Holy crap. That's crazy. You know, it was in San Francisco for like months and the tickets never went down in price. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually really jealous of people in the UK because I think they put regulations in place to kind of deter scalpers from coming in and swooping all of them up. And I wish they would have done that. In, in, in like the rest of America, basically, not just San Francisco, because those tickets went so fast and then they were on StubHub like five minutes later. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's the other crazy thing about the lottery. These damn tickets cost $10 a piece if you win. And yeah, we were second ham for ham. And we were second row. Like, oh, oh fuck. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were spitting on us. We were so close. <laughs> anyway, um, that was a cool experience. And Pam, you have a cool experience coming up. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm flying out to San Diego tomorrow to attend San Diego Comic Con, which is like every pop culture nerd's dream. <laughs> Thanks, Hypeable, for sending me for a fourth year. Are you stressed? It is a very big event. I'm stressed, but I will be well dressed. <laughs> there you go. That's how I deal with stress: is I just go shopping for new clothes, and then I justify it because it's going to be like 30 degrees hotter than it is in San Francisco. Uh huh. What What do you so. think? What do you think people are most excited about this year? 
You know what? Probably Doctor Who. They have their panel on Thursday. Jodie Whittaker is joining as the first female doctor. So that's a really big thing. They had a really big presence for a while at San Diego Comic-Con, but they haven't been in a few years. And now that the new doctor has regenerated and it's kind of like a whole new cast and everybody's like really excited because they built up momentum for the show that was getting a tiny little bit stale, depending on which part of the fandom you asked. I think it's just rejuvenated people's excitement for that. A lot of like bigger shows aren't coming. HBO is not bringing anything. So no Westworld, no Game of Thrones this year. Marvel's not coming. DC will be there, but you know, while they generate some buzz, they don't generate as much buzz as Marvel does. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a weird year. Yeah. Fantastic Beast is going to be there as well. What? Yeah. What? What? Is that news? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Well, they haven't. Weirdly, they haven't been like, Fantastic Beast is going to do a panel. But WB has like casually mentioned it. And they were there two years ago as well. And there's surely Mm -hmm. going to be a trailer. So um, that'll be interesting to see. Maybe I'll hear it from uh, the press room for Comic-Con is right above Hall H, which is the big room that all of the big stuff is in. And last year I was working upstairs while, or two years ago while the Fantastic Beasts trailer was playing. And I just knew that it was the Fantastic Beasts trailer because it just, I could hear the music, but I couldn't understand any of the dialogue. It was so funny. That's funny. That's funny. Cool. Um, Yeah. Well, best of luck to you down there at Comic-Con. Thanks. Speaking (laughs) of people who need some luck, I just wanted to talk about something that uh, happened on Monday. So, Before we get to that, late last week, Robert Mueller issued indictments against 12 Russian spies for election interference in the form of a hack of the Democratic National Committee, um, specifically people who were working for Hillary Clinton. Then just a few days later, on Monday, uh, President Trump met with Vladimir Putin, after which they had a press conference, and Trump sided with Putin during the press conference, contradicting U.S. intelligence that Russia had interfered in the 2016 election. Um, His response to that was basically just to say, I know that that they think that something happened, but I don't see why anything happened. He's he's crazy. Yeah. So just I wanted to let everybody know that the president of the United States is siding with a known adversary, an autocrat, a dictator over our intelligence agencies. Get ready to learn Russian. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this has been gigantic news today. Some people are actually comparing it to his Charlottesville remarks in that he has a chance here to take the right side and he's not. Hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people on both sides, of course, everybody on the left is very upset about what he said, but some people on the right, uh, like John McCain, like Mitt Romney, um, a bunch of Fox Paul Ryan Fox News anchors as well have been kind of uh, shitting on this, and that's crazy. If if they're not if they're mad at it, you know, it's, yeah, it's bad. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong, isn't it, Parker? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think he would agree with whoever he's in the room with. Like he agreed with um, the Democratic senators when he, they were talking about taking away guns. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So I don't. Yeah. I think he just likes to be liked, and he's he was near Putin, so he he said that. And maybe he's maybe there's something worse going on, but you know, yeah. I mean, it kind of feels more clear than ever that he, uh, that Russia has some sort of compromising information on him. Oh, I don't know. I they asked not. about yeah. that Ugh. today 
in the press conference, um, somebody asked Putin if he had compromising information on President Trump and his family. And Putin's response was so, I mean, at first he tried to be diplomatic and say, hey, when Trump was in Moscow, he was just a private citizen. I didn't even know he was here. Why would I care? And then the end of his remark was like, mm-hmm. so please put these little, um, these these in- issues of inconsequence to bed. Like, we don't want to talk about this anymore. So he started out super diplomatic yeah. and then basically ended with shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know what he would be like, what, what Putin could have on him. It, ha- it would have to be illegal because nothing could ruin his presidency to the people who support him. Like he's gone through all these controversies. So like, you know, yeah. it, I think it has to be something illegal that he must have done. Yeah. Is, uh, are, are golden showers illegal? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> No comment. <laughs> My thing is, I don't give a shit if he got peed on by some strippers or whatever. I, I literally don't care. That's that's a private thing. I wouldn't care if any president did that. That's their business. Um, my fear is that the Russians were so successful in leading a propaganda campaign against American democracy. It wasn't even just against Hillary Clinton. It was just American democracy. And they have done very well at Mm -hmm. destabilizing other governments around the world. And so my fear is that they might have something similar on Trump, i.e. Hillary's emails, which were made to be a much bigger deal than Mm -hmm. they actually were in order to sway public opinion one way or the other. So. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's just really sad. After... Mueller's indictments to see Trump still, still giving Russia the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't matter that he was right in front of Putin's face. He needs to take a stand. That's what a president has to do. Yeah, and the thing is, he tweeted today even that that there was Russian interference. He like he may it may have been an accident, but he tweeted about the Russian interference, and Mm -hmm. it's like oh oh yeah, he blamed Obama. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that if you blame a bottom, you have to say that at least it exists or existed. Yeah, and by the way, that excuse, I really hope his supporters aren't buying that. Trump said, why aren't, why aren't we blaming, Ob- why didn't Obama do anything? That's what he said on Twitter a few days ago. Because if he did something and then you, Donald Trump, lost, you would have blamed Obama for throwing the election in Hillary's favor. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure reports around that time had come out or after the election had come out stating that Obama didn't want to wade into the election, so that's why he stayed quiet. And that's a perfectly ex- acceptable answer. Well, and yeah. there were things yeah. that happened. I mean, Obama communicated directly with Putin, telling him to stop, which, I mean, I don't know if that's a super effective method, but it did happen. <laughs> um, they also closed a couple of Russian consulates that we had, I believe, and then also levied some sanctions against the Russians for doing that. So it's not that nothing was done, but I think that an argument could be made that the Obama administration could have taken a much greater stand against this publicly rather than trying mm. to... right work through back channels because that's that's kind of like we're in a post back channel period in american history (laughs) like that's done (laughs) yeah yeah. so i think go ahead and that's sorry that that's all i had meant was obama didn't do anything publicly because he didn't want to throw the election but you know it happened anyway (laughs) yeah 
Anyway, um, it's an exciting day here at Millennial. We have new album art. Um, we released it on Monday. I was very excited to share it with everybody. We've been working on it for a couple of months. We're trying to work on kind of rebranding the show a little bit. We, we love our original logo. We love our name. But when you looked at the logo, it just didn't really explain the show. So our new album art is vibrant. It has... Uh, it has a lot within it. It was designed by one of my friends here in Chicago, John. Um, he's a friend of Pat's originally, and Pat introduced him to me. And I checked out his website. And I was like, damn, you got a good portfolio. You want to do something for the podcast that I do? I, I really love it. Do you, do you guys love it just as much? I do. I love how there's... I feel like every time I look at it, I, I notice something new. Mm-hmm. Like I had one time, I was like, oh, I see the peach and the eggplant, you know, and the and the avocado toast and the donut. But then later I was like, oh, it's the mica chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's little Easter eggs like that in it. Our goal was to was to appeal to existing listeners and potential new listeners. So now when you see the album art, you will understand what this podcast is about. It's about avocado toast. <laughs> no, it's about millennial issues. <laughs> And something we're trying to explain to people who don't know the show is that this is your podcast. This is the podcast for millennials. This is to help you grow up and get through life. We talk about issues that affect everybody. Um, and we think that's a unique unique angle for us to take, especially with our name. Our freaking name is Millennial. Let's, let's, let's ride that train. Let's take advantage of the fact that we are Millennial Podcast. <laughs> So um, you can check it out if you haven't already. It's It should be within your podcast app now that you're listening, and we hope you like it. Um, John is also up for doing additional graphics for us, so we'll probably update the album art from time to time. You may have noticed there is a Trump face in there. Of course, uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever he is no longer president, that face is definitely going to be replaced. Um, but we'll add other things in as new references come up for this show or new millennial things enter the realm of pop culture. So, uh, yeah, that's that. We have a lot to get to today, but first it's time for a word from our first sponsor. They are Policy Genius. We've told you about them before. They are the go-to place for anyone searching for insurance policies of all types. Listen to these stats. 71% of people say they need life insurance, but only 59% have coverage. That means at least 12% of people are procrastinating. And let's be real, you might be one of those people who have been putting it off because you're busy, your attention is elsewhere, you've been holding off biting the bullet. But you got to stop that. And there is good news. If you've been avoiding getting life insurance, procrastinating may have actually worked in your favor. Because while you were putting off getting life insurance, Policy Genius was making it easy. I admittedly have been one of those procrastinators. I so I went to Policy Genius to look up life insurance because I've been curious what it would cost. That that sounds daunting. Life insurance. Oh my god, it must be expensive. For me, I actually found it to be very cheap. Only about $20 a month, and they know about the medicines that I take. And Policy Genius was able to determine this after I spent just 2 minutes answering some questions. 
See, Policy Genius is the way to quickly and easily compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. In fact, they have helped over 4 million people shop for insurance and placed over $20 billion in coverage. Don't let insurance shopping suck anymore. Use these guys to make it quick and easy. If you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off because it's too confusing or you don't have the time, check out Policy Genius. It's the easy way to compare top insurers and find the best value for you. There's no sales pressure and zero hassle, and it's free, and it's a beautiful site that's easy to use, policygenius.com. When it's this easy to compare life insurance, why put it off? And speaking of putting things off, we can no longer put off our fears, Laura. It's time to face the facts. Yep. We do have listeners who are Republicans. It only took us four seasons <laughs> to have somebody on. No, we've we've had surprise bitch callers before. But um, I mean, basically, Parker, you emailed in and you made a very convincing case for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I tried to sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, (laughs) I I don't know if maybe you want to talk a little bit about some of your background before we dive into questions. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I, um, I worked in DC for just for a little bit. And then I, uh, I work in politics. So I did some campaigning uh, last summer and into November um, for some politicians around where I live. And now I work uh, full time in politics. Just that's just what I'll say for for the record, and um, I I really like to talk about politics, and I'm uh, I like to talk with people I, that I don't always agree with because I think it's good for me, and that's I mean that's one of the reasons I listen to the show to hear what other people are thinking so that I don't get in my my echo chamber because it doesn't really help when you're just you got all these Republicans saying all these Republican things and you're like of course that's right when maybe you know maybe you have a different someone else who thinks something different and it might actually help you like form your opinion. So that's, that's why I'm happy to be on here too. I'm pumped. It should be fun. Yeah. And we're happy to have you for the same reason. Um, you know, I think we've talked on the show before that we, we definitely do not deny that the show has a very distinct liberal bias. So it's really great when we can get somebody (laughs) to push back on some of that because it often leads to more fruitful discussion. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, no problem. I'm pumped. So, I guess we can start out with what are some things that we've said on the show that you disagree with us on? <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's not it's not everything. I'll start <laughs> out with that. Um, so that's good. Um, but I think I think one of the things that I've noticed is like it just kind of within a lot of the things I'll talk about um, is just like you'll have a lot of great ideas of like really great things that um, we should be doing as a country. So like universal healthcare, like that's a great idea. I'd love everyone to have healthcare, but then I keep on wondering like who is going to pay for all this stuff. Um, and I just, I don't know if, if universal healthcare is something that we can afford. And then a bunch of these other things that I just really don't know if is afford if it's affordable. And I think there's a place for Republicans because they think about money and you kind of have to have that in any relationship. You got to have someone who's like the dreamer. And then you've got someone who's a realist. who's like, mm, maybe we can't do that, but we can do this. Um, and maybe that's what happened with Obamacare. Um, but so there's that one. And then, um, immigration is another one that I, I'm not a child, like child parent separating type of person that, that is evil, I think in my mind and in most people's minds. Um, but I, I do wonder, I'm not for, and I don't know if y'all are for this either. So feel free to push back on me. Um, the open borders idea of like, just letting like whoever gets in here gets to kind of stay. I mean, it, Ideally, that would be great. I'd love as many people to come to America as we can, but we do have to pay a lot of uh, money to keep them on welfare if that if they are on welfare and to give them health insurance if if they do get health insurance through Obamacare or um, if, when they go to the emergency rooms. It, there's a lot of costs that I think 
we don't always think about, um, which is kind of hard because, you know, you want to talk about the people and like, these are people, these are not just like animals. Um, these are like God given, uh, God, people who are made in the image of God. So you gotta, you gotta treat them like that. Um, so I think, but I think there's a little bit more of a balance. I'm, I'm personally for letting the dreamers, giving the dreamers a path to citizenship. Um, but I think there's gotta, you've gotta have some kind of rule of law somehow. I don't know exactly what that is, but you gotta have it. Um, then I guess the third one, I mean, we can talk about that for a second if you want want to. Well, yeah. So, oh, sorry, Andrew. Well, I just think on, in terms of immigration, if people, you know, Trump in particular, he likes to say that people are coming over the border in mass droves. He makes it seem like, you know, there's yeah. no wall or fencing or security at all. Everybody's just like <laughs> sort of strolling over the border. <laughs> now I'm in, now I'm not, now I'm in, now yeah. I'm not. Oh, it's fun hopscotch. But no, I mean, people can't that easily come over the border. And I would agree with yeah. you in that people need to pay their fair share if they're going to be here. Especially if you're going to be working here, you should pay taxes so that way we can afford to give you, you know, health care, social security, yeah. other protections. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, actually, oh, oh sorry, uh, I was going to say, I agree with that too. I, I think that um, the system right now is broken and I think it's going to take people of many minds to figure out a way to fix it. Um, I don't agree with uh, villainizing people that are coming over here though. And that's like my major concern and something that I think needs to stop right away, regardless of how we decide to fix immigration. We can't just keep villainizing an entire um, region of people just because a small group of people decide to do bad things. Yeah, I agree. agree And I think I have comments on a lot of what was said here, mostly that I think (laughs) that we are at Parker, you and I are coming from a place of agreement in terms of like, these issues are a lot more gray area than black and white. Um, Mm -hmm. I am not for an open border policy. Simply, it's not because in my heart of hearts, I wouldn't want everyone to be able to come here, but it's not sustainable. From an economical perspective, it simply isn't. Um, but I agree with Pam that the system is broken on both sides. I think that there are always going to be ways in which people living in this country end up footing the bill somewhat as mm-hmm. it is related to issues of immigration. But something that often gets left out of these discussions is that immigrants themselves are being taken advantage of. Um, many immigrants mm-hmm. pay taxes that they never get back. They just pay into our tax system and get no return, no refund on that whatsoever. Um, To my knowledge, undocumented immigrants can't receive welfare. Yeah, you're actually right. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. Um, So to me, it just, it seems like we're kind of between like a rock and a hard place in that people Mm -hmm. on both sides of this do have legitimate concerns. And it then becomes a question of like, okay, we have to sit down at the table <laughs> and figure out how do we pay for this in a way that is most equitable for everybody involved and provides yeah. the greatest benefit for everyone. And I think for some people that discussion ends up boiling down to when we say everyone, do we actually mean everyone or do we actually just mm-hmm. mean people who are citizens of the United States. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think those are good points. Um, I think, and then the the one other issue that I tend to disagree with y'all, which is kind of hard because y'all talk about these things a lot, is a lot of the social issues. So, like abortion is one that I, I just I can't I can't see the. I haven't been able to see the pro-choice argument yet and like jump on board with it. Um, so I'm very pro-life and that's just one when, I don't know, sometimes when I hear y'all talking about it, it seems like, like the, y'all think the other side is like actually like just like is evil and that they want to like restrict women's rights and stuff. And I, and I kind of want to push back on that and kind of be like, well, I mean, we just, I, and this may, some people may be wanting to push back against women's right. I won't, I won't say everybody isn't. Um, but a lot of the people that I talk to and the people in my circles, we're pro-life because we believe that there's a, that's a person. And so like, we kind of have to protect that if we do believe it's a person. So I think that's the other one. That's the, that's actually the biggest one that I, I think mm-hmm. I disagree with y'all on. And I do understand where you're coming from, given your upbringing in the South. And it sounds like you're a pretty religious person as well. Correct. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. So yeah. And I mean, I understand that that is important in your eyes in, in letting this child live but then i guess from the left's perspective and maybe it's not the best for a guy to be talking about this right now (laughs) me and and parker are going to talk about women's rights you know what i'm just gonna (laughs) shut up and let lauren fam respond yeah i was gonna say lauren i'm just gonna be over here having a good strong drink while you guys decide what to do with our bodies (laughs) and i think i think that's part of it too right pam is that the people who legislate us are predominantly male. Mm. So it's, it's kind of like a gut punch, no Mm -hmm. pun intended to like have somebody who does not have the physical capability of bearing a child telling you what to do with that. The other thing is too, is like, um, I, I don't know because just, I don't talk about this a lot because I, don't like go to church every Sunday, but I was raised Catholic and my family is still very religious. And it's kind of interesting because while my immediate family is religious, we're very open-minded. And I don't think that we wholeheartedly agree with everything that the Catholic church has pushed. Um, Sure. But I also kind of feel in terms of the idea of abortion, that just because a child is born doesn't mean that this child is going to have a great life. Like, obviously there's a possibility of that, but you have, or not you specifically, but everybody that's arguing that the child should be born can't guarantee that that child isn't going to be put up for adoption, end up in foster care mm-hmm. systems that are also broken. You know, like the quality of yeah. life sometimes is not always there and nobody's going to want to pay for this child to be raised mm-hmm. in, you know, a good environment if their situation is bad. So it's just hard for me to understand why we would want to bring more children into the world when, you know, there's so many kids that already need help. Sure. But see, I cannot, so can I push back on that a tiny bit? Um, I know I'm a man talking about this, so it's kind of rough. Um, but so like, I believe that life is valuable. Like all like, so like any life would be valuable. So you, even a bad life is better than no life, which Maybe kind of hard to for people who don't agree with me to, to see that, but um, so I am a I'm a Christian and I, I and I know you, and you say you grew up Catholic, um, so like one of all one of the strongest beliefs of Christianity is that that literally every life is valuable, even if it's a someone with Down syndrome or someone who might be born with Down syndrome and or someone who's um, 89 and can't 
can't speak, can't even really think. Um, so my, my value of life in that way kind of has to overtake whether or not we like want these children. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'm not even talking about, you know, a child being born with a disability. I'm just literally talking yeah. about, you know, a, a human, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's like, it's hard because I understand, of course, like where that argument comes from. But I sure. also just don't think that like also with the regulations that people want to put in place for like women's bodies, like Laura and I have discussed too, that if we ended up pregnant for some reason and we needed to abort, we would not know in time if like, you mm-hmm. know, before the cutoff that is like suggested to be regulated potentially because women's periods yeah. are not usually on time, especially for young women, because stress adds to late menstruation. Um, men, yeah. If you like suffer from mental illness, sometimes that too, like means that you're not regular. If you have health problems, you're not regular. There's so many different factors that could go into it. Yeah. 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 It's a tough, it's a tough issue. I'll, for yeah. Sure. And I, I agree with you there. I think, I, and I agree with you. And again, this is like me speaking from my heart of hearts, like, in my heart of hearts, I feel like in a perfect and ideal world where everybody was prepared and capable of deciding when and how they got pregnant, it would be great. But I feel like we don't live in that world. And my fear is that the more that we restrict access to abortion, we're not actually getting rid of abortion. We're forcing women back into a time period where they were doing it themselves. And so that's another fear that I have. And I guess that's a question that I have for somebody who is pro-life. At what point do we value the life of the woman who does not want to carry the pregnancy to term and who has no access and decides to use a coat hanger? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, so I just from a logical standpoint, if I and, and there are many women who I know who would agree with me, I wish I couldn't have had them here. So they I wouldn't. Be that's okay. We this, invited but, you on for this. Um, so please don't. Okay, yeah. Don't feel like you have to hold back. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so if I believe like if I believe every, uh, every, um, I guess, fetus or uh, unborn child is, is a child and is worth, uh, is worth protecting as much as a child who's not born. I kind of have to push to make it illegal to to kill that child, no matter no matter what how old they are, no matter how. Um, and we can we talked about the disability thing already, but it doesn't really matter. Like if it if people will still do it, like people will still. And this is this is a bad uh, analogy. I don't. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but people will still murder people even though it's illegal. And I don't know if uh, I know that's inflammatory, but I don't know if I should be like, well, people will murder people, so let's allow them to do it safely. And it's not the same, but that logic kind of goes back to why I would I would still want it to be completely illegal, even if some people are going to be um, doing it and hurting themselves. Does that make sense? Or does that sound crazy? I mean, I I very strongly disagree, um, but I I understand yeah. the the point that you're making, and I I understand just from the perspective of you fully believing like life begins at conception. And I understand why, if you believe that, that it would be of the utmost importance to try and prevent that from happening. I guess I just, sure. I think from a legislative point of view, um, I feel like there are 
There are a few things in America that we're never going to get rid of. And I feel like abortion is one of those things. So I'm coming at it from the perspective that there will always be somebody who is in need of this service. And I feel since that is the case, it should be safe and accessible to people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, but I think this is also a point where we're, we can talk and talk and talk about it and yeah. we can understand where the other one's coming from, but we will never agree. And that's, you know, yeah, that's sure. just the yep. nature of You're it. Right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to another one. Do you think sure. Republicans generally get a bad rap from the left and do you find it unfair? Yeah, so I think pre-2016, before we had Donald Trump as a person who was identifying as a Republican, I think that I would say yes. Like, because, I mean, you know, people, and and to, no matter what people say, there are a lot of more left-leaning people in the media and it, they could have found ways to make Republicans look bad. But now I think we're just giving it to them. We're like, oh, look at this dumb thing we did. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this. And so now I think it's pretty fair. Like if, and maybe like, maybe it's not always on, it shouldn't always be on Trump. Cause he's, I mean, he's just himself and he's, he's, he's out of it. I don't think we really like criticizing him doesn't really do anything. I think you need to criticize the people who are supporting him. Um, like not the voters, but the people who are in the white house who are, or who are, uh, congressmen who are still supporting this because it's just it's crazy and he, they might be able to change their minds i don't think the president mm-hmm. actually will do you have a lot of friends who are trump supporters and like do you talk to them about that friends <laughs> um <laughs> i don't my circle of friends is not are not trump supporters no but as like as someone who's campaigned in the south like i know a lot of trump supporters um and I can t- we can talk about a little bit later why why they're Trump supporters, um, but they a lot of people just are their identity is so much in Republicanism that whatever ha- whatever Republicans do they're just gonna be like yeah, yeah. this is great and it's just kinda, I will say I think crazy. one way that Trump is benefiting Republicans is that we on the left now see Mitt Romney, John McCain, other candidates as absolute saints. Like, we're, like, wishing yeah, for them yeah. to run for president again. So, at least, maybe, you know, you were saying that pre-2016, uh, they were getting a bad rap. Maybe in future elections in a post-Trump world, uh, they'll get less of a bad rap because we will be thankful that they will not be as bad as Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think I think any Republican will be a lot easier to elect after Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to say this. I And I think I talked about this fairly openly back during the Bush era. I despised President Bush when he was in office. I thought <laughs> he was the worst thing to ever happen to this country. And in retrospect, there's, I mean, there's still a lot that I think was really bad about that. But th- yeah, the country did not go down in flames, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, the, you know, that wasn't... Too bad. And, and he was somebody <laughs> yeah, who yeah. expressed compassion, who showed that he mm-hmm. had feelings. I mean, this is how low the bar yeah. is right now. Like, that that's where we are. You can't even yeah. get yeah. a sense of compassion or just humanity out of Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of which, how do you currently see the midterms and the 2020 election going? Yeah, I'll hit this one pretty quick. The Dems are going to win 2020. I don't know who's kidding themselves. The Hillary voters are going to remember, oh, I need to vote this time. And um, m- maybe Kasich will run in the Republican primary. He won't win because he's too reasonable for this climate. Yeah. And then um, in 2018, I think it'll be pretty close. There's a chance 
there's a chance that either party could keep or lose the House or the Senate. There's enough uh, toss-ups in the Senate right now to where you never know. So that's my that's my two cents yeah, on that one. I agree with you on 2020. I think Democrats are really good at losing elections, though. So I think we might be fucked in 2018. <laughs> You're right. You, you it also know. depend you on like what Trump does right before the election, right? Because that'll that'll mm-hmm. kind of dictate some some of the turnout. Yeah, it'll dictate like economy how the economy is doing too. Will dictate a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of it. So, how do you feel about so? Um, right after last week's episode, Trump announced that Kavanaugh is the nominee. How do you feel about him as the next Supreme Court justice? Yeah, so I was trying to follow this, but my friends were watching The Princess Diaries too, and I was like, "Can I like get on the TV, please, so I can see who's being nominated?" And I was, and this will this will be scary, to y'all. I was hoping for Amy Coney Barrett, who has said she will overturn Roe v. Wade. So I'm, I mean, that's good that for at least y'all that y'all didn't get her. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to overturn Roe v. Wade, and I know that's. Something that y'all don't... That's a bomb to say on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I know. Um, But to me, it's like, okay, these are human beings, so you got to, you know... Anyway, we already talked about that. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm a little worried about affirmative action because that's a program that helps African-Americans who've been, uh, you know, who've been put in the ground by our country... Um, so I hope I hope that that won't come up, or that it, if it will, they'll they'll see the the light on that one. There are a few other ones, uh, refugees. I'm I'm hoping they don't just completely ban them. Um, but I think I'm I'm uh, I'm somewhat hopeful. That's that's what I'll okay. say. Okay, all right, got you. And then this last question, I want to make it clear that this was a question <laughs> suggested by you, Parker. This is not our wording. <laughs> <laughs> Why do evangelicals vote so dumb? I think that is a great question. <laughs> um, self. Good job, self. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if y'all have seen the numbers on on these like evangelical support for these people. Oh, yeah. So eighty percent okay, yeah. So it's crazy. Like eighty percent supported Trump and eighty one percent supported Roy Moore in the Alabama Senate election after this is after he had come out to be most likely a pedophile. Um so I kind of have like two really quick points that I want to hit on. First, we already talked about abortion. I think a lot of people just are going to vote for the Republican Party because the Republican Party is the only one that's pro-life. At least they say they're pro-life. Um, and I really, it's kind of weird because I think evangelicals could be Democrats if the Democrat Party allowed some pro-life discussion within its ranks. Um, the church might even be 50-50. I, I think there's the Republican party kind of has a stronghold on evangelicals because of the abortion issues. That's, that's the first thing. And then I also think like, I think a lot of people who say they're Christians don't really believe what they're being told in church. Um, I don't think they really believe that um, like Jesus was actually a real person or that he actually rose from the dead. Because I think if you do believe that, cause that's, that's a pretty crazy statement. Like this dead man came back alive. Like if you believe that it's going to change how you act and how you think. And I don't think it would allow you to vote for these people. Um, so there's kind of that. And I think because they don't believe that Jesus actually died and paid for their sins and, and whatever, the, the whole gospel thing, I think that I think that their Republican identity is surpassing their Christian identity and that they're going to be like, well, I watch Fox News 40 hours a week and I go to church too. Um, so maybe, you know, this Fox News and this Republicanism is going to overpower it. And that's that's to me pretty sad. And I think good for the non-evangelicals to know those reasons because 
I think a lot of times it's like, oh, they're just hypocrites and they're all crazy. And I think I just want to say like, there's some of us that aren't crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really wish that we heard from more of you because me, me too. Because man. we really, we need <laughs> people like you saying, yeah, Trump is fucking nuts. Yeah. There are some, but like Jerry Falwell from Liberty University is like, there are so many like Southern Baptist, and I'm Southern Baptist specifically. There are so many Southern Baptist preachers who are who are a little bit older they're like in their 60s and 70s who are supporting donald trump because i think they they've always been in the illusion that they're the majority that republicans and christians are the more majority in this country but the younger ones like me and some of the 30 year olds and 40 year olds who are leading the southern baptist convention now are not illusioned by that they don't think that we're in the majority so they can they can realize okay maybe i need to be planning for the, to spread the gospel and not to vote for power in America. Cause that's not really in comparison. It's not really, it's not really worth it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Well, Parker, thank you for sitting in the hot seat. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for asking me No, you questions. listen, I, th- I thought this was very uh, civil as some people in <laughs> Washington like to request. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A- and yes. I give you credit for coming on here for your first time speaking to us for your first time you know and sharing your thoughts for your first time in this in well, front of this type of thank audience. y'all for giving me the opportunity it's it's i really sometimes i feel like i need people to know that evangelicals are not always as crazy and republicans aren't as crazy as yeah we may seem mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah well i appreciate you you came on the panel you had a, a three versus one discussion and <laughs> i thought you did great so thank you um Thanks. so much for being here and giving us a little bit more to think about uh, before we move on to some news. Uh, we do have a note from one of our sponsors, and I'm very excited to talk about them. Have y'all heard about this company making flats from recycled plastic water bottles? <laughs> if not, check out Rothy's, the insanely stylish and comfortable flat that is helping save the world from plastic by repurposing it into something you can use every day. For our UK listeners, by flat, I mean shoe, not an apartment. So it will blow your mind that these are made from recycled plastic water bottles because they are so soft. On top of that, it comes in three fashionable styles, the flat, the point, and the loafer. The color and pattern selection is amazing, and they're always updating their lineup. They launch new colors every few weeks and sell out constantly. I love my magenta racing pointed flats. They're this beautiful, beautiful plum color with baby blue rising stripes on the sides. And I always feel so fashionable at work without my feet aching from wearing uncomfortable dress shoes all day. I love my Rothy's, and I know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code M-I-L-L to get free shipping with no minimum purchase amount required. In addition to the free shipping, you'll also get free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoes. And trust me, you won't return them. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter M-I-L-L to get your cute shoes and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. These are shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable and free shipping get yourself a pair today and help save our oceans rothys.com promo code m-i-l-l get this deal while it lasts they sound magical they are amazing i love mine and they're machine washable oh that's pretty cool which is cool yeah you take the insoles out you just throw them in the wash it's great i put water bottles in the washer and and it doesn't work out the same so i'm glad that works for you (laughs) Yeah, these won't damage the inside of your washing machine. (laughs) Great. (laughs) 
so uh, we have some news to talk about. I was laughing my ass off on Sunday night. It's rare that a television show will make me LOL nonstop for the entire program. Uh, but Sasha Baron Cohen, he has done it again. This is the guy who did the Borat movie, who did Ali G, done a couple other movies, not as big as those two. Uh, but he's got a new show on Showtime called Who is America? Turns out he's been secretly filming this undercover as several different characters for the past year, I believe. And the reason this has gotten into the headlines recently is because he has duped politicians on both the left and right and just normal everyday people into saying outrageous shit. And one example, this came from the this comes from the premiere episode that aired on Sunday. Um, Cohen tricked several congressmen into believing that a new bill allowing kindergartners to have guns in school is being introduced. And not only do they buy it, they support it by helping him film a commercial. So here's a clip of some senators uh, talking in favor of arming four-year-olds. I support the kindergartens program. We in America would be wise to implement it too. It's something that we should think about in America, about putting guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens, good guys, whether they be teachers or whether they actually be uh, talented children or highly trained preschoolers. Maybe having made young people trained and understand how to defend themselves in their school might actually make us safer here. A three-year-old cannot defend itself from an assault rifle by throwing a Hello Kitty pencil case at it. Our founding fathers <laughs> do not put an age limit on the Second Amendment. The intensive three-week kindergarten course introduces specially selected children from 12 to 4 years old to pistols, rifles, semi-automatics, and a rudimentary knowledge of mortars. In less than a month, less than a month, a first grader can become a first grenader. Toddlers <laughs> are Joe Walsh speaking there at the end. Uh, pretty nuts. Parker, what what are your what's your take on the gun control debate right now? Is it out of control? Uh, I don't know. It's I mean, I'm for sensible gun reform. Um, I'm pretty. I think I'm on y'all's page, honestly, with most of it. Um, I just don't know what these the people these congressmen's press secretaries are doing. They're not. Why are they? Are they not googling who's coming into their office? I just don't know what they're right. doing. Right. Well, I mean, they obviously didn't know it was Sasha Baron Cohen. I my only like because I was thinking yeah. about this too. My only guess is that. You know, they had these publicists or whatever go to these congressmen and be like, hey, so we're filming a new documentary for Showtime and and kind of mm-hmm. left it at that without getting into details. But so here's the other angle to this story. When After it came to life that light that Sasha Baron Cohen did this, um, Sarah Palin and Roy Moore came out and said that they were duped by him. And, you know, they rightfully shit all over him, saying this is bullshit. And also, in another clip, we see that he fooled Dick Cheney as well. And on last night's episode, Bernie Sanders was also interviewed, not about the gun debate. Um, And people are also speculating that Trump may have gotten fooled, which would be in-fucking-credible if the president shows up on this show. (laughs) There's no real evidence to suggest that happened. Other than that, Trump once tweeted that he had never been fooled by Sasha Baron Cohen, and then <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, like a couple weeks ago, went and retweeted that, or it was in the promo for this show, or something like that. So, <laughs> can you imagine? 
anyway what do we make of this though i like is this is this too far or is this their own fault no he's been doing this for years yeah but is it but is it fair to these people to be fooled like this and then broadcast and then made to be a fool yeah I think so. Yeah. I mean, they're public figures and they didn't bother to get anyone from their office Mm -hmm. to vet this guy before he came in. So no sympathy? I guess that's what I'm getting at. No. Okay. No. I mean, if you're going to say something dumb, you should maybe not say it on camera. (laughs) Right. I don't know. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he really did get these people to say that we should be arming four-year-olds. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but wow, do I recommend this show? It's on Showtime, which I know a lot of people aren't subscribed to. I uh, <coughs> torrented the episode to uh, review it, nice. review it, professional business. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, is it funny! God, I was shook by the end of it. Anyway, Pam, what else is going on? We have a little bit of news coming out of Facebook. Uh, last Wednesday, Facebook held a press conference to announce new measures they're taking to prevent the spread of misinformation and Russian propaganda on their platform. So this is very timely. Uh, during this conference, a CNN news reporter asked Facebook why InfoWars, an, intimi- an infamous conspiracy theory bullshit news site, was allowed to maintain their status as a news agency, and apparently Facebook said that uh, they are not exempt from this just because they're false, uh, falsifying news. So the official response from Facebook was, I guess just for being false, that doesn't violate the community standards. InfoWars has not violated something that would result in them being taken down. I think part of the fundamental thing here is that we created Facebook to be a place where different people can have a voice and different publishers have very different points of view. Now, this is a good point, but also let's go over some headlines that have come out of InfoWars in the past because they're definitely not reputable and they're also potentially detrimental. Um, So here are a few of those. NASA hiding secret slave colony on Mars. Sandy Hook children revealed paid actors. Top government insider, Jews responsible for plan behind 9-11. Overwhelming evidence mounts proving Colorado shooting was staged. FBI fumbles in attempt to cover deep state schemes. And then finally, Justice Scalia's death linked to the Illuminati. So... These are kind of ridiculous. This is like something you would expect to see on The Onion, but everybody knows The Onion is satire. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Facebook can do about this, really, because if it's not InfoWars, it's going to be another site. It's just they're not going to be able to stop all these websites from cropping up, sharing this type of information that some people are crazy enough to share. So mm. I, I I guess the angle I take this from is Facebook is kind of saying here, um, we can't take down InfoWars because they are not in violation of policies that let any quote unquote news site publish on Facebook. I mean, I don't think InfoWars should be taken down. I don't think you they don't? should be listed as a news source. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, I mean they have First no, Amendment rights just like anyone down. else. I mean, I, I mean, but Facebook doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't feel like Facebook has to let everyone speak. I mean, you know, they're not like the government. It's not like you're you're you have a right to Facebook. You know, I'm. I, I just think Infowars does not have a right to exist. I mean, they do really, <laughs> but you know, it's just like 
This is fake news. Like nobody's. It's more than. It's worse than Breitbart. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I think that Facebook, even though it's a private company, at the end of the day, obviously, I think they consider themselves like a public forum. And yeah. in terms of the First Amendment, a public forum is kind of fair game. Yeah, you're right. So you're it's right. like <laughs> it's just I I I see where they're coming from, but I also don't, and I also feel like. Just because a big argument against the media this these days is this idea of fake news, there should be a way of monitoring what is reputable and what is not. I'm not talking about, you know, um, bias liens and stuff like that on, on actual mm. news sites, but for these smaller websites that don't really have credited information, I, I just don't understand why Facebook wouldn't try and make itself look more reputable by figuring out how to even if it's just like a small asterisk on the page saying like, by the way, for any of you guys that don't understand, like this is clearly not accurate. You know, it's like but, the national Enquirer. Yeah. But, but people, yeah. but people believe this information is accurate. And then by Facebook taking a side, they're going to be seen as biased. Right. And that's the sad part. <sighs> yeah. Well, and this is also ironic in light of Facebook's recent campaign against going back to their roots and trying to get rid of fake news. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, again, I'm not saying that I think InfoWars shouldn't be able to have a Facebook page, whatever. There's all kinds of crazy shit on Facebook. But they could do a better job of curating content and making it clear what kind of content it is. Yeah. I would yeah. love it if anytime something like an InfoWars article got shared, an automatic message came up with it on the person's wall that shared it above it that was just like hey fyi this is not real news oh, yeah. oh my god that way that everybody who sees it little you know widget. i thought you were gonna say that <laughs> facebook should notify all that person's friends that that that, that person's an idiot <laughs> <laughs> no because their friends already know that probably or or, or their friends are idiots themselves yeah yeah i mean even i'm looking at infowars bio on facebook and they warn against facebook it says, remember, you are the most important factor in the battle against censorship by the technocratic elites' anti-human globalist system. Remember the share. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, That's what all it says. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. This is literally making people more paranoid and simultaneously trying to sway the mindless herd in their direction. Yeah. It's actually yeah. kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I think Facebook's first step is to at least start taking down articles that are just blatantly, blatantly false by Infowars and everything like them. Keep their page up, but monitor what these people are saying and sharing. I think I think they should just label them satire. Yeah. <sighs> Ooh, that would because be good. Because I think that would piss Alex Jones off. Mm-hmm. Well, um, anyway. all right. On to another one of our advertisers right now. We have a new one this week, Skillshare. I am so excited about them. They are going to change your life, genuinely. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, design, technology, and more, taught by friendly experts who have real-world experience in the fields you're interested in pursuing. I'm sure some of you out there have the itch to maybe start your own online business or pick up new skills to help advance in your career, or maybe you want to become a more skilled person in your passion. 
which one day you can turn into some money. And this is where Skillshare will help you thrive. Let me give you an example. I run a website, and it's extremely important that people are able to find our articles in Google search results. If people can't find us on Google, the only way we're going to get people visiting our content is by hoping that they see it on social media, that we post it at the right time, crap like that. Appearing in Google is so important for us. Pam knows this. I harp on it every week in our Slack group. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) It's a fact. (laughs) So anyway... I've been using I've been using Skillshare to pick up new search engine optimization techniques or SEO for short. SEO is very important in running a business. SEO isn't new to me. I've had my head in this for years, but thanks to Skillshare, I was able to search for SEO classes on their site and instantly watch experts teach me new tips and tricks. It's important to continue learning new information all the time, not just reading about something once and then, you know, oh, I understand it fully now. You got to keep learning new information. Um, And here's another quick example. Have any of you out there been inspired to maybe start your own podcast or your own Patreon? Skillshare has classes for you too. This is the place to go to become an expert in your passion. As somebody who dropped out of college, who runs their own business, I can tell you that taking in expertise from others is crucial to becoming successful. You're putting your fate into your own hands, and the best way to make sure you're setting yourself up for success is by educating yourself on your field. So you're probably asking, Andrew, learning from experts is probably expensive. I'm still paying off my college debt. Fuck you. How can I do this? You can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash millennial. The deal is as good as it sounds. Sign up and get watching. Skillshare is awesome and you're going to have a great time. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash millennial to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash millennial. All right. That sounds great. So we have one more news story here today before we move into devil's advocate. So considering the fact that going into the midterms, healthcare has been rated the number one issue for voters, we wanted to take some time to talk about risk adjustments. Risk adjustments are payments made by the federal government to private insurance companies to help keep the costs of covering, quote, high-risk people down. Risk adjustments are one of the key features of the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, and help keep costs down for people who fall into that high-risk pool. As a fun fact, for everyone listening at home, I fall into two high-risk categories because I have asthma and a uterus. (laughs) You'll also fall into this pool if you've had babies, have diabetes, or have ever had surgery of any kind. Now, you might be wondering why this matters. It matters because the Trump administration has stopped issuing risk adjustment payments. Without these payments, next year's premiums are expected to rise between 27 and 40%. That is on top of this year's increase, which averaged 33%. This is all happening following a court ruling in New Mexico in which the judge ruled that the equation the federal government uses to determine risk adjustment payments is arbitrary and needs to be reexamined. So instead of doing the footwork to re-examine that equation or pay attention to the federal judge in Massachusetts who upheld the risk adjustment formula, the Trump administration has opted to freeze the program. 
Proponents of freezing and ultimately ending the program argue that the New Mexico ruling forces the administration's hand. Opponents argue that this is a politically motivated um, issue and intended to rattle insurance companies as they consider whether or not they will continue selling uh, Affordable Care Act plans in 2019. So I'm obviously not being coy here. I think I've made it pretty clear. I think this is politically motivated, but... I think this is a great opportunity for the panel to give their take on this, but also talk about our own healthcare costs. So did any of us notice a premium increase this past year? And will we be okay if they rise again by another 30-ish percent in 2019? Andrew, how about you start us off? <laughs> Why are you asking the self-employed person that? <laughs> I mean, because... Yeah. We have a good representation of people yeah, here. No, so. no, I mean, the answer is I'm definitely paying a lot for healthcare because I am self-employed. That's, um, I'm paying, I think, about three fifty per month. Yeah, I don't have it covered by somebody else. Um, and then dental, I think that's pretty cheap. It's only like $20 a month or something. Um, I, I can't give you a solid answer, though, on uh, premiums increasing because I've switched states, so... I am paying a little more, but I don't know if that's just because of what's going on in the country or because I'm in a completely different state. Uh, that said, I definitely, I already feel like I'm absolutely paying enough here for my health care. <laughs> I don't need to go up another uh, 30%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it goes up another 30%, you're looking at an additional 100-ish dollars. Yeah, Shoot. yeah. Thanks for reminding me what yeah. my calculator just told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about how about everybody else? Um, I'm going to sound like the spoiled person on this panel. Um, I thankfully, blessedly, work for a company that covers insurance premiums for all their employees, so I do not pay for my insurance. However, nice. this year they made it very clear how much premiums have gone up in the past year and how much they're anticipating them going up in the next year. And it makes me worried that there's going to come a time when they can no longer pay for our insurance premiums and we will start paying for it ourselves. Yeah. And that scares me because that's an extra, you know, couple hundred bucks a month that I just get to keep. Right. Mm. You know, and that that completely changes my budgeting and finances if that changes. Well, I am also self-employed mostly, but um, I do have a part-time job that I picked up specifically because healthcare is so expensive when you're self-employed, and I can't afford that. You know, freelancing is like you can get by, but it's still not. I'm not making nearly as much as somebody with like a proper job. Uh, so I work for a small company part time on the weekends. And I think that through their healthcare plan, I'm paying 150 a month or something. Mm -hmm. But I like barely ever go to the hospital because I'm so scared about like copay or them telling me that I'm dying and I'm going to need Ugh. to pay for like surgery or anything like that. So I make it a point to stay pretty healthy. So <laughs> I just live in fear, honestly. Oh. Right. And that's the thing about it, though, right? I mean, you never know when, God forbid, something can go wrong. Right. It is right. out of Like, I'm not trying to break my leg doing extreme sports. I'm not trying to do anything that's going to... You don't go out to the bar because you don't want to trip. And Right. I'm not trying to get <laughs> yeah. pregnant because it's expensive to have a baby. 
none of that stuff. Uh, What's your situation, Parker? Well, if Laura sounded spoiled, I'm still actually on my parents' plan. Uh, Thank you, Obama, for raising the number to 26. I'm not 26 yet, um, so I'm not paying anything. Dude, I miss that. Dude, seriously, milk that for all it's Mm -hmm. worth. Stay on there as long as you can. Yeah, my parents were like, you want to get off and you want to do it through your work? And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. I don't don't think so. So I'm happy. (laughs) No. Thanks, Obama. Who would? For a while, we were doubly covered because my stepmom, even though she's not with my dad anymore, kept us on her insurance very graciously. Yeah. And she's a full-time nurse at Kaiser. Here we go. Mm. So we paid like pennies and I miss it every day. Right before my 26th birthday, I went and did everything I needed to do so I would be fine. Y'all are making me nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Get those glasses. Get those checkups. Just take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. Get it all done now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vision is expensive, too. Vision insurance. Yes. Mm -hmm. To add on... And it doesn't cover shit. Mm -hmm. To add on to what Laura said, though, um, yes, I do believe it is to blame Obamacare and Democrats, but I also think it's just to say... See, see, we need to repeal this. And and Republicans weren't able to come together on a plan either. No. Uh, no. What's your take on this, Parker? You said earlier that there shouldn't, that, you know, we don't know how to pay for health care for all. Yeah. Well, what do you think is the best solution? This is one where I don't really know because I, I, what I do know is that Republicans can't ever agree on anything because you got like the Freedom Caucus people and you got establishment and you got or more over here saying something crazy. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution, I think there's an idea that I've heard throw, uh, thrown around is opening up competition between state lines might help get rid of some of the monopolies that are in certain States. Um, but I don't, I am not an expert on this one, but I do. I am sorry that all of y'all's prices are going up. <laughs> I think Trump has encouraged competition over state lines as well. And I mean, that does make sense to me. Because if all these yeah. businesses are fighting for your healthcare business, then you, then competition is good. But you um, could have it where they all like Blue Cross becomes one, and then Anthem becomes one, and then there's only two. So I don't, you know, right? Who knows? Right. Yeah, and and the thing that worries me is just the repeal of things like the individual mandate, like requiring covering things like birth control and contraception contraceptive methods. Um, It is slowly eroding all of the things that were good about the Affordable Mm -hmm. Care Act. Um, The ACA was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It was definitely something that came as a result of a lot of Republican pushback in the House and Senate. And the ACA was the best thing that both parties could agree on to put out there. And my fear is that by getting rid of some of all of these things, including um, risk adjustments, the most popular pillars of the ACA, that we're literally just handing the keys back to private insurance companies to say, hey, do whatever you want. Yeah. Because I mean, before the ACA, private insurance companies could be like, oh, no, you've had cancer. No, fuck you. We're not going to cover you. You know? Yeah. So... This, this is my big fear here, and this is how I see it contributing to premium increases. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, private insurance companies will be able to uh, drive up costs mm-hmm. while also deciding which pools of people they are going to cover. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like, I know we talked a lot about ourselves, but I am very close to my grandparents. And this is something that keeps me up at night with them because they're getting older. And with age comes health issues. And I just worry that potentially could get so bad that they won't be able to be covered for, you know, the pre-existing conditions that they have due to age. And, and we won't be able to, as a family, pay for them to get the help they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about that about my parents, too. I mean, not that my parents are in their 70s or anything like that. But I mean, they are in their mid 50s to, you know, early 60s. And I just think about, you know, what happens when, because my mom is self employed, and she's on my dad's insurance. And what happens when my dad retires? And all of a sudden, my mom can't be covered under Medicaid. Mm. Right. Right. Or Medicare. I think I got those mixed up. Anyway. Um, so these are just things I think that also play at the back of my mind, Pam. Well, uh, all right. So let's have a little fun now to wrap up today's show. We're going to do some devil's advocate. Important to do today of all days, having <laughs> uh, our first Republican on the show here. Um, so we're going to argue like a conservative and then Parker can argue like a liberal. <laughs> so I have a question. I got a question about this. Um, yeah. Do you want us to argue like funnily like a liberal or like you can absolutely try to be good? Have, like no, try to you, be like a good argument. Oh, no. You can, you can be okay, funny. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that works. Um, yeah. All right. So um, Laura, do you want to time me for the first one? Sure. Do you want to do about a minute? Yeah. So um, I will argue about the rise of right-wing misinformation on social media. Since I am going to take the Republican standpoint, I'm going to defend uh, the misinformation being out there. Okay. You start talking and I'll start timing. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show today, everybody. I, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, the, the the technocratic elites over on the West Coast are threatening to steal what is rightfully ours, and that is the truth. Uh, when we post information on our blogs over on the GoData WordPress, we expect for everybody oh to be able to read it. We research hard what we see on Fox and Friends and on the Twitter through the Twitter eggs. And we have a right to get that information out to everybody. Um, I further believe that Facebook or any other social network would be violating, <laughs> violating our First Amendment rights. I'm just like trying to talk with Kevin Spacey and House of Cards at this point. Um, I believe that, that our First Amendment rights are at risk because these people who have created all of technology, these very smart people, are st- are stealing the way from us or something. You're done. Okay. You have the Jeff Sessions accent down, Pat Andrew. Awesome. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. You said Kevin Spacey, but I was like, I hear Jeff so so much. <laughs> That's from practicing. Yeah, he's it. practiced it a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I literally practiced it before one episode. It sounds like you got molasses in your mouth. <laughs> I was doing that accent in honor of you, Parker, since mm. you're from the South. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm from the South. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't hear week. it from you. I hear it in Parker's. I see. Yeah. What happens with me is, um, oh, my God, Siri just started trying to talk to me. 
Like the Hey Siri thing popped up. Don't steal the Republicans' information, Laura. Is there anything (laughs) else I can help you with? What when my Southern accent comes out is when I'm drunk and around other Southerners, Mm. then it just sort of starts. Yeah. Emerging. Yeah, I was telling Andrew that I was with some really redneck people, not redneck, but really Southern, and they were like using their accents and not talking like crazy like that. Yep. And I started, and I when I was in Ecuador, and I came back and I was like, started talking like him. I was like, oh, you got it, you got to <laughs> bring it back now, bring it back, <laughs> pump the brakes. All right, Laura. Uh, so for a minute, right. please defend the Obamacare payments uh, that we. Well, was... I'm defending the conservative viewpoint. Right, right, right. On this, yes. are you timing me? Yes. Okay. I'll just start talking and you start timing. Okay. Um, so in regards to um, to these payments, to the risk adjustments, I think a common misconception that we hear on the left is that the right just wants to slash this stuff and take health care away from people and say that poor people just need to lift themselves, lift themselves up by their bootstraps. Um, my dog just knocked Hillary over. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly timed okay i'm gonna keep going (laughs) so what we really need to look at here is that we want to try and help as many people as we can but we have to allocate funds in a way that makes sense um, and that is smart from a budgetary standpoint so something that as conservatives we all tend to be in favor of is allowing people to decide how to spend that money I do not like the idea of the federal government handing out money to people who need it and dictating how much they get and how they should spend it, which is why expanding access to things like health health spending accounts. Damn it. I was almost done making my point. I know. This is rough. I know. Health spending accounts. That's I know that's a very popular conservative Mm. talking point. (laughs) Ooh, I have my parents have one of those, I think, actually, too. Hmm. Anyway, I can't believe your dog was. uh helping you by knocking down hillary Hillary, (laughs) well her bed is right by hillary and she got up and moved and it knocked hillary over oh you let her sleep next to hillary that's so cute of course (laughs) (laughs) all right parker so as a democrat can you please Mm. defend uh the supreme court vacancy all right Whew. okay this may hit too home close to home for y'all so you know it's okay we're ready just tell me when to go Go ahead and, and speak as a coastal elite. Use that. Oh, that's going to be hard. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll just start whenever. Yep. All right. You all, you guys, you guys, this is the most important Supreme Court. I got the country accent. Dang it. This is the most important <laughs> vacancy in our lifetime. Millions, millions will die. Millions will die. If this man <laughs> who spends credit cards on baseball tickets gets elected or gets appointed, he is not. Uh, He should not be confirmed because he is clearly an evil man who spends money on his baseball and not on his family. And I have added a country accent to this for some reason. And I don't have anything left to say, I don't think. (laughs) I just want you on the show from now on. Try to take this from the perspective of of, a liberal because I have seen that story about him spending all Mm -hmm. his money on baseball tickets i thought that was funny (laughs) (laughs) i also just really like that everyone is going to die (laughs) (laughs) well someone tweeted someone i saw someone tweet that millions of people might die because of this a a real person i was like what oh okay well are they referring to i don't know uh, probably like immigrants maybe 
maybe i don't know i'm hoping no one dies but yeah of course obviously you know a lot of people were obviously shook by the vacancy and um yeah i i actually i'll side with um people like parker i i think there may be a little too much hoopla about this being the end of the world yeah i he, think it's a, he a is a overblown. kennedy he was a kennedy clerk so he might be more like kennedy than than i even wanted honestly which might be good for y'all good good thing for y'all to hear <laughs> yeah my my chief concern is the idea of having a majority conservative court especially given how long court appointments last for i mean we're talking decades yeah but well that that's my yeah i mean if there are certain issues that are overturned or overturned i know parker doesn't agree here but yeah that would be massive i'm just i just wonder if if we'll get to that point but we'll see anyway pam to wrap up devil's advocate here uh can you please um can you please disparage the return of sasha baron cohen you're speaking as a republican pretend you're sarah palin oh my god or somebody like her who's upset that this guy is fooling people yes you know this new sasha baron cohen television show i don't know what he's trying to do here but from what i gather all he's doing is making a mockery out of true americans which of course are our men out protecting America from the evils of the rest of the world. I'm talking about our Navy, our SEALs, our military. Who does that? These are people that fight, Sasha, for your right to have this television show. And you have the nerve to go on Showtime and make a mockery out of the men and women in uniform that make sure that your First Amendment right is protected have some more respect, Sasha. Have some more respect, Showtime. This is absolutely <laughs> abhorrent, and anybody that supports this is un-American. <laughs> Cancel your Showtime subscriptions and get a job, Sasha Baron Cohen. I should have ended with a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> a call to action. <laughs> hashtag not Showtime. Hashtag... Hashtag no time for this bullshit. (laughs) Hashtag cancel time show time. (laughs) Hey, uh, Parker. Yeah. Before we move on here, I just want to let you know, you've got a few fans in the comments. And in particular, Chelsea wants to know if you're single. Mm, I... mm, I'll say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why the hesitancy? Well, because I don't know if I was going to be public on that. Oh. But I guess I am. Okay. That's really funny. Yeah, so. I was going to say, if, the, if there was a girlfriend, funny. you're definitely not going to send her a link to this now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. Uh, don't, don't tell yeah. her. I, but uh, Pam, that, your, your uh, response was exactly what I've been hearing at um, just around this state. So you did pretty thanks, good job. Thanks. <laughs> I, can only, I only have Sarah to thank, you know, for the inspiration. Absolutely. What a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. (laughs) All right. uh, Before we move into some recommendations in closing, we do have one final update from one of our sponsors, BioClarity. Andrew and I have been using BioClarity for several months at this point and wanted to give everyone an update. My face has never been this clear, bright, and soft. Healthy habits are an important part of how you maintain great glowing skin, and BioClarity has you covered. The BioClarity Essentials routine for normal to dry skin is an easy three-step routine. Just cleanse, restore, and hydrate. 
BioClarity contains hydrating plant extracts like chamomile, green tea, cucumber, licorice root, argan, olive, and shea, plus Floralux, which is derived from chlorophyll. My favorite part of this routine is the hydrate step. This lightweight, non-greasy moisturizer is perfect for hydrating during spring and summertime. Andrew, I think you said this was your favorite step too. Yeah, it just feels good to put on your face. Like genuinely, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it feels refreshing, not only when you uh, first put it on, but just afterwards too. It, 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 it's got a good texture to it. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew likes to put a lot of stuff on his face. So, you know, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this isn't white. This is green. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why so. everything that Andrew said is true is because BioClarity's unique ingredient, Floralux, is a clever form of chlorophyll, and it's proven for nourishing the skin and soothing away imperfections and blemishes. Floralux has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties that feed your skin from the outside in. This stuff is basically like a green juice for your face. Detox mm. and rebalance with BioClarity. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is an easy-to-use three-step skincare routine that's 100% vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free, all of those hashtag things millennials love. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for 50% off a routine, plus shipping is free. And it all comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you need to enter our code MIL. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code M-I-L. Excellent. Yeah, good stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to offer a couple of recommendations now. We all know that uh, I've been really into video games over the past few months. And Captain Toad Treasure Tracker was just released for the Nintendo Switch. It is absolutely freaking adorable. If you have a Nintendo Switch, you should absolutely check this out. If you're considering a Switch, this should be one of the first games that you buy. It is just so cute, so delightful, so fun, surprisingly challenging. I was on the fence about it because it was a Wii U port, um, but they brought it over at a cheaper price. It, it, it looks beautiful. They upgraded the graphics. Um, it It looks simple, but it's really not. And it's just a really fun game. It's one of those games that works really well on the go. It, it's perfect for the smaller screen or at home on your on your big screen TV. So um, I definitely recommend that. And Parker, you have a video game rec- or not a video game recommendation, a, a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if y'all have heard of this movie, Boyhood. Has anyone heard yeah. of that? No. Um, what's it about? Okay. Well, Andrew seems to have, um, but it's basically a movie that it's it's two hours forty five minutes long. It's very long, um, but it basically just tracks this kid's childhood up to adulthood. And the and the gimmick kind of cool thing is that it was actually shot over twelve years. So it started when he was six, and when the actor turned eighteen, they finished it up. Um, so it's really cool. Just kind of about life. There's not really much of a plot in it, but it's I watched it a couple nights ago. I split it up in two days, and it's just really awesome. So I'd recommend it. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it because I did hear it was so long. But maybe splitting it over yeah. two days is a good call. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, saw this in I, theaters, and I, I kind of wish I had done that, honestly. <laughs> but no, it is good. Did Richard you like it, Link, Pam? Linklater, the director, he um, he makes some pretty interesting films, and this one was definitely done very well. It's very kitchen sink. If any filmmakers are out yeah. there listening, they'll be happy to hear that, I'm sure. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I have a much less impressive recommendation. I want to recommend veggie hot dogs. <laughs> so oh. I, you know, I'm, 
I'm a pescatarian, so I don't eat pork, chicken, any of it. And I've recently discovered that Publix has veggie hot dogs in their produce section. And these things are the bomb. First of all, they taste just like regular hot dogs, which means somebody did a really good job or they're trolling me. I don't know which. (laughs) But the other cool thing about these is they're half the calories of regular hot dogs. So even if you're not a vegetarian, you can try these if you want to be able to enjoy hot dogs without feeling guilty about having them. Because if you are um, watching what you eat or if you're on any kind of diet, hot dogs are kind of a no-no. But these are really great. Um, I'm able to maintain a healthy diet and indulge in these every now and then. So two thumbs up. Wow. (laughs) Wait, so Laura, does it count as a vegetable if I eat it? (laughs) They have it in the vegetable section. So I would say yes. That, that is awesome. Pat's rolling his eyes so hard right now. I can hear it. Me either. Doesn't believe in this fake shit. Um, anyway, no, I, I, you know, I've done that. I've eaten some uh, vegetarian hot dogs and veggie burgers. They can be really mm-hmm. good. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, we have a lot more coming up today in After Dark. I have an update on some dog drama that's been going on here. We're also going to talk about how um, companies can or should earn our loyalty because Laura has a story and then we're going to do some Google that shit. Um, Little announcement. We will be off next week. We're going to take a bit of a vacation, but we'll be back the week after that. And I'm sure we'll have lots to update everybody on. Also beginning probably in August, we are going to start putting that new Patreon benefit in which we start bringing listeners onto the show. Uh, We'll put that new benefit into action. So uh, we've gotten some people filling out the form already. Some of our Facebook official members who want to come on for a full episode like Parker did. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun, I think. And by the way, speaking of Patreon, we do have um, some new benefits going up, like new installments of Landy. Laura and I were geeking out about a couple of different things over the weekend. So those have been going Mm up, um, including talk about Prime Day, which we didn't talk about here, but... Big day on the internet for Prime Day. Indeed. Mm -hmm. We also answered some questions. Yes, we didn't ask me anything, which uh, (laughs) that'll be up soon. And I think it addressed stuff that people have been asking us a lot about. Yeah. Let's just say that you guys really did ask us anything. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just say Pam gets thrown under the bus. Oh, my God. Poor Pam. I knew it. Spoiler alert. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Parker. Goodbye. Bye. How does a ragtag volunteer oh, yeah, this army one's good. in need of a shower somehow defeat a global superpower? How do we emerge victorious from the quagmire? Leave the battlefield waving Betsy Ross's flag higher? Yo, turns out we have a secret weapon, an immigrant. You know and love who's unafraid to step in. He's constantly confusing, confounding the British henchmen. Everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting Frenchman! I'm taking this horse by the reins, wicked red coats, weather with blood stains. I'm never gonna stop until I make him jump up and I'm up and scatter the remains down.